Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski here with you, learning track at Yoma, page 14, beginning with the Mishnah near the top of the page, Kol Shivat Hayamim, all the seven days that the Kohen Gadol was getting ready for Yom HaKippurim. The Kohen Gadol is the one who splashes the blood on the altar, or the blood of the daily sacrifices, and offers the incense, trims the wicks and lights the lamps, and offers the, uh, the head and the leg of the lamb for the sacrifice. But any other day of the year, in it's the Kohen Gadol's discretion, uh, prerogative, to decide if he's going to himself offer the offering or, or let somebody else do it. Uh, because the Kohen Gadol always has the prerogative to, uh, to select these actions for himself. Now, what we have in Mara is a very simple structure, but the structure is kind of obscure uh, because it's uh, interrupted. I'll point out to you that two Amoraim, Rav Chizda and Abaye, both have views about this, which they will state succinctly in one sentences, in one sentence, uh, a piece. But then Rav Chizda's opinion is expansively examined, and that's what we're going to look at. I will just point out what the two positions are. Uh, one here on the olive side of the page, Mantana, who is the author of our Mishnah? Amar Rav Chizda, Deloke Rabbi Akiva because Rabbi Akiva has a view that the sprinkling of the ashes of the, the water mixed with the ashes of the red heifer, which we learned earlier in our tractate several pages ago, was something that they did each day upon the Kohen Gadol, uh, that, that if a ri- ritually pure person were sprinkled with the ashes of the para aduma, the red heifer, uh, that would render that person now ritually impure, for reasons which we will explain. Uh, so if out of the question, and in Rabbi Akiva's mind, that the Kohen Gadol, who would be splashed with this water, could ritually offer the sacrifices during the seven days leading up to, to uh, uh, Yom Kippur. Uh, so whoever wrote this Mishnah, I don't, I don't know who wrote it, Rabbi Kizda said, but I know Rabbi Akiva did not write it. Now over on the Bet side of the page, the first line there, uh, we hear from Abaye, Rabbi Kizda's rough contemporary over in Babylonia, who said, no, actually, this view could accord, this Mishnah could accord with the view of Rabbi Akiva. How so? That the Kohen Gadol, Avida Voda Kulayoma, the Kohen Gadol could spend all the day working, uh, offering the sacrifice and doing all the ritual stuff. Ulefanya, uh, and in the evening, Maduale Vitavil, towards the end of the afternoon, just before sunset, then they'll splash the water on him, then he will immerse in the ritual bath. And with the sunset, he will then become ritually pure, and the whole thing repeats itself the very next day. A nice, clean structure. One Mishnah, two Amoraim, um, trying to reconcile <coughs> this, this Mishnah with the views of Rabbi Akiva. Simple enough. But Rav Chiz's view, Rabbi's view just receives one sentence, no, no analysis. Rav Chiz's view 
it, uh, it receives a thorough analysis and a very interesting uh, discussion about the nature of the ashes of the red heifer. Those of you who are familiar with uh, familiar with this story will know that this is considered the great paradox of Judaism, that the sacrifice uh, of a red heifer, which has never borne a yoke, uh, is is uh, burned up entirely outside the camp. Its ashes are mixed with running water and are sprinkled upon anybody who has had contact with the dead. The paradox of it is that the person who uh, who uh, performs the ritual on behalf of the impure person then becomes themselves impure. So how is it that it purifies those who are impure and and uh, defiles those who were previously pure? This is regarded as a great paradox, and that comes up, in fact, in our page today. For you to grasp what's going on here, I just have to repeat, Rabbi Akiva is thought by Rabbi Hizda to not be able to understand our Mishnah, or not be able to agree with it, because if the Kohen Gadol is splashed with the ashes of the red heifer, being an otherwise pure person, that would make them actually impure. And the sages say, no, 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 You're the con consensus view of the sages says, no, 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 no. It's a Kalva Homer. If, if the ash, if sprinkling this concoction uh, renders the previously impure pure person pure, then certainly uh, it should leave an, a previously pure person, previously pure person, also pure. That seems kind of uh, kind of obvious. But Rabbi Akiva uh, says that this is the nature of the paradox exactly. And about this, Shlomo Hamelech, the putative author of the Book of Ecclesiastes, not the real author, but the one that tradition regards him as the author. Amarti I said, I, I would like to grow wise, yet this is too far for me. That is to say that this is, this is the true paradox. And the sages say, no, that, that paradoxical effect of purifying the impure while defiling the otherwise pure refers not to one who gets it splashed upon them, but uh, only to one who is carrying, carrying the, uh, the ashes and the water or, or preparing them. It is kind of a paradox, although the truth is that I think academic scholars find it a little bit less paradoxical than traditional scholars. They correlate it to other, to other views, and they look generally at the prospect of purity in the temple. And they offer different views. For example, the, the great scholar Jacob Milgram said, well, this is really a chatat sacrifice, which we call a sin offering, but it's a misnomer, Milgram says, is actually chatat literally means purification offering. and and somehow if the chatat uh, uh, purifies those who have been impure, it's, it's as if it absorbs their impurity, and that's why uh, those who, who deliver the offering or who execute the offering would become impure. In my humble opinion, this is not entirely convincing because before the, the ashes are ever used, the, those who prepare the offering are already impure. So before the offering was used, it hasn't had a chance to absorb the, the defilement, and yet the preparers are also considered impure. Uh, you could also say some varieties, this is a little imprecise, the general way that I would think about it, is that uh, impurity can result from either being really, really close or really, really far from God. You could be evil and there, therefore become defiled, or you could be really, really close, you could touch really, really holy things, and that would also render one impure. impure. Purity, then, does not mean good, it means normal. Purity means 
the usual. And impurity means when you get to the really close nexus of death and life, or the really close nexus of the divine presence with the world, that's how you get impure. So I would think that if, if this is a little imprecise, generally speaking, the reason that the ashes of the red heifer defile is because they're so holy, they have the power to bring somebody back to normalcy. In all events, thanks for learning today's page with me. We'll learn tomorrow's page, uh, page 15, although I will mostly focus on the material again from the backside of 14 because it's more interesting than the material on 15. Thank you, and I look forward to learning again. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.